Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 835 of the Juice Box Podcast. On today's episode, we'll be speaking with Anne. Anne is the mother of a child with type 1 diabetes. And I need to tell you that for the first, like, three minutes of the podcast, we're using a microphone that we don't finish using for the rest of the podcast. Anyway, Anne sounds bad for the first couple minutes, but you need to listen so you know the details. Plus, I don't know, I think it adds to the flavor of the episode, so I left it in. While you're listening, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. If you're a U.S. resident who has type 1 diabetes or is the caregiver of someone with type 1 and you want to help with diabetes research, you can do that from your home at t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox. You don't have to go to a site or see a doctor. It's HIPAA compliant, absolutely anonymous, and really will help. t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox should take you like 10 minutes. This episode of the Juicebox podcast does not have any sponsors. So I guess two things. If you'd like to sponsor the Juicebox podcast, reach out. I'd love to have you. And if you're looking for the Diabetes Pro Tip series, Ask Scott and Jenny, After Dark, Algorithm Pumping, Bold Beginnings, Defining Diabetes, Defining Thyroid, the Variable Series, and Mental Wellness stuff, it's all available at juiceboxpodcast.com. It's also available in your podcast app. But if you're looking for a place to pick through the episodes, see which ones you might be interested in, it's right on the website. Go up to the top to the menu, click on something. I'll pick Algorithm Pumping. Click on that. Gives you a list of the episodes that are in the Algorithm Pumping series. You can even begin to listen, if you like, online with the player that's there. Or you can take note of the episode number and search for it in your favorite audio app. Hi, my name's Anne and I live in Brisbane, Australia. And my youngest son, Xavier, is a type 1 diabetic. All right, Anne, I feel like your voice is a little low. Okay, sorry. No, don't be sorry. I'm trying to figure out if we want to use... Are you using, like, Bluetooth headphones? No. They're wired. they're wired. Is the yes. is the microphone moving away from your mouth by any chance? No, it's right next to my mouth. No kidding. Because when you talk with more enthusiasm, you're louder. But when you were like, "Hi, I'm Anne," then it was a little soft. So, oh. um, all right. Well, then there's not not much we can do about it, I guess. Then, all right. I'll just have to talk with enthusiasm. <laughs> exactly. Just you know, like you're making that movie that we all saw in the '80s, and is the only reason we know about Australia. What was that called? Crocodile Dundee. Just, Crocodile al- Dundee, just yeah. always be projecting like a like a crazy person in an eighties movie. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so tell me again, how old are you? Too old. About your age. Fifty-ish, we'll call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're talking about uh, son or daughter. I'm sorry. Son. Son. How old? Dave. 11 years old. Xavier is 11. Okay. How long has he had type 1? 
he was diagnosed in April of 2019, so three years. April 2019. Can we try taking off your headphones and seeing how it sounds? Sure. Your voice is disappearing. Is that better? Let's see. Hello? Hello? Just speak at a normal tone. You can't hear me, can you? Yeah, I can hear you now. Oh, you can. Okay. Is that better? It is, but are you yelling? I'm speaking... Speaking, projecting. I'm projecting. I'm not yelling. I'm just projecting so be, be you're seated right yes so just bring your laptop a little closer to you and then just speak normal and let's hear it like that okay hang on thank you also is someone is that better? Lo- yes i think it's i think it's actually going to be better than the headphones um okay no worries is some is xavier low do you need to do something oh no his dad's there i have treated him before um, I came, so he should be okay. You traded? Treated. <laughs> treated. Oh, I was like, oh, I thought you traded the kid. I thought, okay, here, you take the kid now. Um, well, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So just to go over it a little bit, especially now without the headphones, just try not to like bang around or touch stuff or anything like that. But um, Xavier's 11. He was yes. diagnosed three years ago. Do you have any other children? Yes. Uh, Xavier is the youngest of Sorry, that's his diabetes app. That's Night Scout. I hate that noise that Night Scout makes. I know. I'll just turn it off. You're fine. There you go. Now, get back to you. That always makes that noise. Like, you always open up the app to do something, and then you're somewhere very quiet, and then it makes that noise. You're like, stop, 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 stop. Exactly. Exactly. Um, no, I can't find you. There you go. Um, yeah, he's the youngest of six. Six children that all came out of you. Yes. Wow. Yes. Look at you go. Was it, <laughs> you know I don't like to ask like this, but did you make Xavier on purpose? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like this: the first two were really hard to get, oh. and they are IVF babies, and then the rest sort of just appeared by themselves (laughs) and you just have a different attitude it's like you know um what the universe sends you and then the universe was very abundant and then we finally went no that's it no more (laughs) did you have that feeling at first like it was so hard to have children it's it's weird to say no when they keep happening oh definitely definitely i understand that yeah all right so uh let's start at the top how old's the oldest they're twins, so I've got 19-year-old twins, mm-hmm. a boy and a girl, and then I've got a 18-year-old boy and a 15-year-old boy and a 13-year-old girl, and then Xavier's 11. Wow, that's very cool. It was a busy few years. <laughs> it's a, it really it was only about, like, if you take Xavier out of the mix, it's only about seven years, right? Oh, yeah. Seven years, three pregnancies. Well, that's not bad. Um, four. four. No, that's four pregnancies. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> I almost <laughs> forgot one of your pregnancies was inside of the seven-year window. So that's really, <laughs> that's crazy. Uh, see, I would have had a boy and a girl twins, and I would have been like, oh, look, we're done. 
Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think my husband probably thinks that sometimes. You mean when he's at work for 43 hours a day trying to pay for everything? <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Yeah. When he can't get to golf to the golf course because there's too many things to do for the children. Exactly. Hey, in Australia, don't things on the golf course try to kill you? Um, no, I think that's Florida. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know what? You're right. I was confusing Florida with Australia. Um, <laughs> no, we just have kangaroos mainly. <sighs> I love a good fist fight with a kangaroo. Those videos. <laughs> those videos are terrific. Uh, any of the other kids, or your husband or yourself, have autoimmune issues? Uh, yes. Um, not the other kids so far, but, um, there's quite a bit in my family. We've, oh, I've got Hashimoto's. My sister's got Hashimoto's. My mum's got Hashimoto's. We've got pernicious anemia. Um, one of Xavier's cousins has MS. MS. Yeah. A lot of, uh, a lot of autoimmune stuff in there. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, but nobody was looking for diabetes when he was diagnosed. Oh, no. No. And he was eight years old, right? Is that right? Yes. Yeah, yeah he was. How did it present to you? Um, really out of the blue. He just, although I had, I had, it was the first term of school for the year and I um, had been looking at him and going, it's just something not quite right with you. He had nothing specific. He didn't have the, you know, constant peeing or constant drinking it was summer so he was drinking anyway Mm -hmm. um and he just didn't look good and he had like big black eyes and all of that sort of thing and I thought oh you're just not thriving I'm I'll make a doctor's appointment for the school holidays and um we'll get you seen too and then the week before the school holidays he came in one night one night on a Sunday night he they're allowed to have a glass of soft drink he only had diet soft drink anyway. And after dinner, he asked for another one. And I went, well, you don't get two. Um, and he went, okay, and went to bed. And next morning he woke up vomiting. And I went, okay, you've got something. So I'll stay home from school. And he wasn't too bad. Mm-hmm. And we got through the day, but I made a doctor's appointment for the next day. And I had noticed during the day, I pulled up his shirt, his breathing was a bit funny. And I pulled up his shirt to listen to him and I could see his ribs. So I knew he'd lost weight. So then I weighed him and he'd lost a significant amount of weight. Right. But he often got croup. So I sort of thought, oh, it's croup. It's fine. And um, when he woke up the next morning, he was vomiting again. And then he just was, he was in a real state. He um, couldn't get off the floor. His breathing was shallow and rapid. Mm-hmm. And we still didn't go, oh, call the ambulance or anything. He still, we didn't even think about it being life-threatening. And we took him to the doctors, like, within the hour. And the doctor took one look at him and finger-pricked him and went, he's type 1 diabetic, I'm calling the ambulance. And off we went nah. to the hospital when he was DKA. My goodness. Yeah, I was going to say he was definitely a DKA. Um, yeah. I, by the way, they only get one glass of a soft drink because it's too expensive to buy it for two, three, four, five, <laughs> six, eight people. Is that why? <laughs> no, it was just, um, you know, we were trying to limit, you know, I what thought, they, yeah. yeah, and they were all little then. Now it's a very different story. <laughs> They're all older. And, <laughs> they don't listen yeah, to you yeah. anymore about what to drink. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Gotcha. <laughs> three of them are 18. They, they, they yeah. want alcohol and stuff as well. <laughs> it's funny. My son doesn't drink, but he orders an iced tea that's not 
that's sweetened. And even that makes me up. Like, I've never said this to him. I never would. But he'll order a sweet tea while we're at lunch. And it makes me upset because I want him to I want him to order an unsweet tea. And and I'm like, look at him exerting himself over here with the sugar. So uh, exactly. You know, how dare they make their own decisions? I know. Right. Darn it. Yeah. Um, so you you sent me quite a little note here. Um, let's start just with coming out of the hospital. Like what what's it like in Brisbane getting diagnosed? Um, they sent us home. Well, we had you know some education obviously in the hospital, and sent us home with pens. And they did talk to us about um, a CGM and booked it in, but. I don't know. We seem to have supply issues always or whatever, and then there was months behind. So it was like four months later when we got it. Um, but it was Dexcom, and it was a Dexcom 5. Hang on. The, I've got a puppy, and she has decided she doesn't want to be where she is. No, that's fine. Just leave the door open, and you can come in and out. There you go. She's very bossy. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you need, a bossy um, puppy. Yeah. <laughs> Great. So, um, and then you go back and you have classes, you go to diabetes school and um, which I was really quite surprised how limited it was, even with my very limited knowledge um, about diabetes, that it was really centred around carb counting and how that worked and it really didn't talk about any of the other stuff did it give you that it gave you that feeling like while they were teaching you that there must be more to it than this oh absolutely absolutely so where do i sign up for the next class was my feeling Uh uh and of course there wasn't anything (laughs) i was gonna say there was no next class (laughs) no no (laughs) just go out to the world and find your own way well what did that lead to that lack um, of education, what, what, what kind of, like, outcomes did you have initially? Do you think he was honeymooning in the beginning? Um, no, they think he never honeymooned. Mm-hmm. Um, he was he was on, um, he, ne- he never really dropped from his initial dosing. Okay. And um, his needs just got more and more, really. Um, um, you know, I thought we were going okay for the first few months. Um, although he did hypo a lot at school. And then when we got the Dexcom, I could obviously see what was going on. And I'm like, I was really shocked the day we got the Dexcom because the the nurse, the diabetic educator actually, that set, set us up was a diabetic herself and wore a pump and a Dexcom. And I said, okay, well, what do I expect to see from this? You know, what do I see post-meal and what do I see here? And she goes, oh, I don't know. She just didn't give you any idea at all what, what to look for? No, no. So, of course, that sent me down the rabbit hole of the internet and <laughs> what am I supposed to see and what am I supposed to do and all of that sort of stuff. And, you know, I was seeing really crazy things on his graph and, you know, he had that really big spike at about, I don't know, 2 o'clock in the morning and it would last for a couple of hours and then he would... um wake up and he'd be low and, and as soon as he went to- when we talk about low how how low was he 
Oh, well, it shows as low on his, so under two. Under two. Okay, so for everyone else, like a 55-ish, right around 54, 55, is a, is a three. A two is 36. So like like scary, worrisome low. Yeah. Any seizures? No. Okay. Um, and then when he get hot, what would his spikes look like? Oh, like, you know, 25. Wow. That's like yeah. 450. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you, okay. This is interesting. So you were bouncing hard up, down, up, down, up, down. Yeah. Okay. And when you, when you see this happening with a meter, I mean, how long were you on a meter before you saw the CGM? Uh, about four months. Four months. So for four months, I imagine you were just chasing, right? Like feed the lows, inject the highs, feed the lows, inject the highs. Yeah, okay. absolutely. So then the CGM comes into play. What's your first thought when you see it happen kind of in real time in front of you? You know, I need to learn more. I need, you know, someone has to help me <laughs> um, find answers. So, you know, I, I went to our first follow-up appointment and said, this is what's happening. And, you know, this, you know, I'm seeing this high in the middle of the night and what do I do? And they went, I don't know why that's happening. <laughs> Really? And I can't believe how many I don't knows I got, but yeah, I don't know. Well, were you at a regular, like, so I don't yeah, know how it's, how is it broken down in Australia? Like, were you at an endocrinologist? Yeah, 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 yeah. They had, um, it's, we've got a major, like Brisbane's a fairly big city. Yeah. And we've got a major children's hospital that's just, you know, a children's hospital. And we were in, had guests, uh, had endocrinology appointments and there's a whole department that you go to and they've got diabetic educators. Can you hear the kookaburras? <laughs> is that what that was? I thought for sure someone was abducting a child behind you. What What is that? Kookaburras. It's it, the sun's starting to come up and the kookaburras are waking the morning up. What the hell does that mean? Do you, you mean, wait, hold on. You're using words I don't know. Are, are, you, saying, <laughs> are you saying chickens? Kookaburras. Okay. They're birds. All right, hold on a second. This is going to be our first Australian roadblock here in the episode. How do I spell that? K-O-O-K-U-R-R-A. You. Kookaburra. Kooka. So K-O-O-K-A-B-U-R-R-A. I got it. Hold on. They laugh. Oh, they sort of. Oh, look at that. They're not particularly large birds, right? Um, or are they? Are they? Like a foot big? No kidding. Yeah. Well, they seem adorable in the picture. White breast, brown uh, wings yeah. and tails with a little blue big on them. Beak. With a big beak. And they laugh? They do. They laugh. <laughs> That's. I mean, I, I swear to you, I heard it and I thought, I, th I thought... Can Ann not get these kids under control? <laughs> and then <laughs> oh, they're, they're all asleep. They're, they're, yeah. <laughs> Tell everybody what time it is there for you. It is quarter to six in the morning. Yeah. Thank you for doing it like this. I really appreciate it. I am also recording not nearly as early as you. I'm later, much later in the day than I normally do. But um, okay. So now that the Kokobara, is that what they are? Kokobara. Cook. Kokobara. Yeah. Okay. Now that they're done, or will they do it again? Oh, they might do it again because they, they do it as the dawn happens. 
it's it's like that in Aboriginal folklore, they they welcome the morning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My wife welcomes the morning every morning. She wakes up. She says, rub my hand. Scratch my arm. (laughs) It's not the same thing. Rub my hand a little more. My fingers. Rub my fingers. Okay. I'm I'm over here. I'm like, my hand is... No? Nobody cares. Okay. Um, so, So I'm sorry. So you get the CGM. And you start yeah. to be able to see these bounces. And they are as I'm expecting, right? Like you're from very low, shooting yep. straight up, very high back and forth. And then you go yep. ask you go ask for help. And, and the help you got is, I don't know. So then, yeah. so you know it's a problem. But what do you have? What do you do once a doctor says, I can't help you? I go to the internet. <laughs> Excellent. Um, how do you even know where to begin on the internet? Do you just Google? Just start Googling, yeah. I just started Googling. What was your first and, intention? Like, what were you trying to accomplish in the beginning? Um, just to get more informed and to to try and find some answers. Because I knew there had to be answers. There had to be more information somewhere. Um, it just wasn't available where I was. You know how unbelievable it sounds that you asked a doctor a question like that and they just said, I don't know. Oh, I know. Yeah, it's fascinating. I How know. About, did you ever have, like a nurse ever grab you in the hallway and say, "Listen, here's what you do," or like nobody tried to help? No, no. Wow. It was very, very frustrating and demoralizing, and I felt very alone, and I lost a lot of faith in the medical <laughs> system completely. Yeah, I would imagine. Do they um? Do they label him? Like, are they called, do you, do they tell you you're not doing the right thing, that you didn't do what they told you, they call him brittle, like any weirdness like that? They just said he's, he's not, he's not doing typical things. And at the beginning, they didn't label him. Okay. Um, And they didn't, they weren't mean to me or anything, but they certainly weren't helping. You know, I was getting no sleep and I'd go in and I'd cry and I'd do all those things. And they just like, well, you know, you just got to get through it. <laughs> He's only eight. How, what do you, what do you mean? <laughs> like for 30 I years? Know. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's fascinating. So, I mean, looking back now, were yeah. his ratios wrong? Was his basal wrong? What do you think it was? No, we needed to do lots of changes of technology of um his insulin we needed to do lots of stuff and we certainly have done that since then but I think um when you get diagnosed the way we got diagnosed here we have very uh two very different systems one's uh, a public system that everybody can use and one's a private system which obviously you pay for and you have health insurance to pay for Mm -hmm. And when he went through the hospital, they said to me, well, you have to stay in this clinic for 12 months before you can go off and do anything else, which I now know isn't correct. But that's what I was told, so I was doing the right thing. And I got to, I don't know, nine months in, I just went, I just can't do this anymore. You're not helping me. I have to find a different way. So I found a private doctor. Mm-hmm. And we went in and, you know, at the first thing, first meeting, we changed insulins straight away. And he said to me, well, you know, the hospital has an arrangement with the companies and that's the one that they use. So that's the one they use. So you actually changed like his basal insulin? 
and his and his um so and he was on Nova Rapid and Levermere to start with. Okay. And we changed both. What did you go to? We went to Humalog and Lantis. Hmm. And that was a was just that a difference, or did you also start getting better understanding of of the settings, the amounts that needed to be used? Well, he was still pretty crazy um, when he changed. When he changed um, insulin, we saw a little bit of a, a, a difference, um, but we were we were battling all sorts of things. We were battling skin problems. Like he 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 wasn't a sick kid before he got diabetes. We didn't know, um, but he was allergic to all the medical tapes. Um, so CGMs were an issue. He was, you know, crying and itching and he had this all over itch and we didn't know whether it was from insulin or whether it was from the tape. His skin was really sensitive and so we tried every medical tape in that we could get a hands on. We went down lots of different roads. You know, I've had him allergy tested. I've had him lots of things. And, you know, the diabetic educator that, goes is that my endocrinologist said he's allergic to something i'm like well i can see he's allergic to something all his <laughs> injection sites were red all that sort of stuff we <laughs> took him off to the allergist and the allergist tested him for insulin but and said oh no he's not allergic and to do any more testing would be too invasive so we won't worry about it but he's just a he's just i mean he's having a reaction to the to the tape on the Dexcom, right? At yeah, that point, that's yeah. what it is, right? So do you, does anybody help you like with barrier creams and wipes and things like that? Or oh. nobody brings that up? Well, I had already, you know, I'd got on Facebook groups and all that sort of stuff. So I was well aware. I was, I was more aware than they are mm-hmm. of, of all the solutions. So we had tried, we've tried every single solution that is on the internet and out there. We've yeah. tried every tape. We've tried everything. We still don't really have an answer and we tend to cycle through things. Even CGMs we cycle through. Um, we try different ones and, and um, he seems to have a period of less reactivity with if you're with the different one, then it'll build up. It's like a buildup of toxicity or something, and then we change and go to something else. Just have to kind of keep and- bouncing back and forth so that nothing ends up. Does he have other allergies? Well, he does now. We've, we have discovered that he's actually allergic to zinc. Really? Yeah. And so every insulin except a pedra has zinc in it. No kidding. How do you find out he's allergic to zinc? A process of elimination. I bet you a long, unpleasant process. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so yeah. how does that how does that present? Well, he it's just like it's a systemic thing because he wasn't just it wasn't just the tape that was itchy it was his whole body was itchy and right. he was you could see how uncomfortable he was and of course we had him on antihistamines and all sorts of things to try and counteract that effect and um when we finally discovered this and we said right we have to find a zinc-free insulin and i had known about a pedra from you and 
I didn't know it was zinc-free, but I'd done my research and discovered that it was zinc-free. So I went into my endocrinologist and said, he's got to have this one. He went, oh, I don't use that one. I went, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the boy. He's good. itchy. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> did, so, yeah. Did, so he's, no, go on. Did making that switch change his reaction to adhesives or no? Not really. No, okay. But it certain, certainly helped the all over. All over. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and I, how how long did it take you to figure this stuff out about the adhesives well, and the zinc? A couple of years. <laughs> wow. That sucks. Um, because I was doing it all on my own. You know, nobody, I'd go down one road and they'd go, oh, yeah, that's too hard. I don't know. And so then I'd have to come back to the drawing board and do all this research and then go in and present them with information hmm. and go, he needs to have this test or he needs to have that test or and you've tr- and you actually have tried like so you started off with more of like the state run hospital and then you went to a private doctor who really once you pushed him for other things wasn't much more helpful honestly absolutely yes yeah. you know okay. we got a we got a pump and we got a diabetic educator and all of those things but um and he will give me mainly what i want but he doesn't have any information for me and happily says you have more access to current information than i do well that's not true he must have the internet also exactly it's about you know wanting to know it isn't Mm -hmm. it (laughs) you have more access because when you go home at night you pay attention to this and i don't exactly (laughs) yeah great great how old is this doctor oh he's he's probably in his early 60s i reckon Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah you need a younger doctor Oh, I know. Yeah. I'm desperately searching, and I have got my name down at a, a different one, but there's a real lack. There's probably, I don't know, five or six in pediatric endocrinologists in Brisbane, and all of them are on the older side. Yeah. And, yeah, there's like three clinics, and that's it. Well, it, you're not painting a fun picture, that's for sure. Um, no, it hasn't been a lot of fun. Yeah. So when you get online and you start learning things, I mean, you Google, where do you end up? You end up on blogs or podcasts or what do you find first? I'm only going to take a moment to tell you about the private Facebook group, Juice Box Podcast Type 1 Diabetes. It has 34,000 members in it. Don't let that overwhelm you. That's just a lot of voices that maybe has the answer that you're looking for. So you put a post in there, you're going to get some great feedback. You might see something that you know about that you want to share your knowledge for. Or maybe you're just looking for companionship or community. Maybe you just want to lurk just so you don't feel alone. You can do that at Juicebox Podcast Type 1 Diabetes on Facebook. It is a private group. That's that's important because then you can feel comfortable there. So when you get to it, you're going to need to answer just a couple of questions so we can make sure you're a real person and then you'll be in and you'll be enjoying what everyone else is doing in the group. I literally just pulled it up now. Actually, two things in the featured tab. If you're looking for the series that I talked about at the beginning, there's a whole list of them there as well as other featured posts that are in the group. But just out on the regular board, right, people are talking about everything. Here's a brand new post, somebody talking about just not feeling great. Do you ever feel like there's a dark cloud? It starts out. 
This post has only been up for 11 minutes and already six people have jumped in to give their support. There are all kinds of things on this page, from management to community. Something for everyone at Juicebox Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes. I find lots of medical information is, is sort of where I went down the, the path of. And I chased everything and there was lots of organisations that I sort of I'd go into one and it was an organisation and they'd say something and then I'd take that little bit of information and then I'd Google that and all that sort of stuff. Obviously on online also I was on through Facebook I got on lots of groups and anything they said I would go on and that's obviously where I found the juice juice box Mm -hmm. and I think for the first time I sort of took a big sigh of relief and went oh my god there's somewhere that knows something it's the yeah that's silly I mean I really do find it to be silly that it's like through Facebook that you find a thing and it's wonderful but it's just it's odd. Hey, I'm sorry. Do you live anywhere near? I'm going to mispronounce a word in a second, just so you know. Do you live anywhere near? God, what is this? Indoropoly? <laughs> Indrapilly. Indrapilly? Do you live near there? No. Oh, okay. It's on the other side of the city. Never mind. We live in a suburb called Kapalabar. <laughs> Who made up these <laughs> words? Um, there's just a, on my list at juiceboxdocs.com, uh, a listener has. Uh, suggested a provider named Rachel Baker, and she's at McIntyre Health. So I wasn't sure if you live near there or not. Yes, no, I do know. <clears throat> I did listen to Rachel's episode. Yeah. And. Not close enough. Well, no, it doesn't matter. I would travel. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but she doesn't have a doctor She because she's a diabetic educator. So. Oh, she's she in the didn't. private system, so it's just her yeah. helping out. I see. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I gotcha. Yeah. Um, gotcha. Okay. So, did you think? Well, no, no, that's not my question. So, so my question is: is now you have the CGM, you've been online, you're learning about things. How do you start to be, like begin to find stability? What What's the first adjustment you make? Do you remember? When he got his pump. We, the process was that I used to ring into the diabetic educator every day and we would start making adjustments. And I suppose that's really when we started to dial it in. But we got to the point after six weeks that she went, you know what, he's just going to be one of those kids because everything we changed changed something else. Mm-hmm. And the problem would just shift. One of those kids. By one of those kids, I think what she meant was, your kid's going to be one of those kids that I don't randomly get right, so you're screwed. And that's it. Because they don't know, because she didn't know what she was doing, right? She was just turning knobs. Yeah. And, like, she was very experienced, and I'm sure she knew lots of stuff about diabetes. But for Xavier, with his extra issues... It just it just wasn't right. And she ended up saying to us, go to Night Scout and put in all of his insulin and food and all that sort of stuff and see what it suggests because oh. it's more aggressive than I will be. 
<laughs> I remember. Was that the website that, or are you saying put it right into the app? Or are you saying there was a website where you could kind of put in some of your, your information and it would kind of spit out what it thought your settings were? No, like build the app and oh. build the build his website and yeah, and do the whole thing and then it'll tell. Do the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's not quite how that works either. It, it, I feel like you know you're describing like medical care as if you live on the edge of the world. Oh, I know, yeah. and it's ridiculous. Yeah, no kidding, it is. Yeah. Yes, uh, and then of course we've got we've got a pump that was brand new to Australia, and. They sort of blamed the pump. Mm-hmm. They blamed so the he, pump. <laughs> That's the yeah. pump's fault. It's <laughs> great. Yeah. They didn't know about it, can I, and can, it was different. Yeah. Oh no. Anything they don't know about it's it's like oh I don't know we don't know what that is. That's probably that thing messing up. We don't know. I can't say. I don't have experience with etc. Meanwhile, yeah. how are you in, during this time? Like, talk about how it feels personally to be going through this with your kid. I I was really very, very, very demoralized, you know, um, and just so frustrated and let down by the whole system and just I felt very, very alone. And I think if I didn't have hadn't had juice box where I was starting to amass some knowledge, I don't know what I would have done actually because it was the only place that I was getting any information about what I actually should be seeing and what I could be doing and what I and and giving empowering me enough to make really big changes yeah. with him. I'm glad. Um, did you dive into the pro tip series or did you go to the Facebook? I just started page? at number one. Did you? Oh, you're my favorite kind of listener, Anne. Thank you very much. <laughs> we need all the downloads, and the best way to get them is to listen to all the episodes. But being serious, uh, well, actually, that I was serious about that. But being more serious, <laughs> being more serious, um, did you find that just a little bit day after day added to your knowledge, added to your knowledge till you started feeling more comfortable and then ideas started making more sense? It just built. Is that how it goes? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when, when you're first diagnosed, they sort of say, oh, well, you know, stay between four and 10 and, um, you know, your ranges and do this and don't eat for, you know, don't correct after under three hours and all that sort of stuff. You get yeah. those rules. And it just wasn't working. And to know what I should be seeing on my CGM, what was possible, what spike would meant, you know, if he went straight up at after he ate, then it was not enough insulin or my timing was wrong or, you know, um, if he was spiking two hours later, which unfortunately he was, what did that mean? And was that normal? And, and, and through all of that, gradual information i was able to go this isn't right. right what i'm seeing isn't right and no matter what changes i make it's not working so what else is going on did you ever once you figured things out did you ever go back to the doctor and say hey look things are better now this is what we did oh yeah and did they was their response like oh yeah we know that stuff and it's good you figured it out. Like we were trying oh, to let no. You, no, they were surprised too. 
Yeah. And they go, oh, what'd you learn this time? Oh, okay. So really? you you started turning into the person who listens to the podcast for the doctor then. Exactly. Uh-huh. And, you know, pays $500 for the privilege. <laughs> of, of, of recanting my <laughs> podcast to a doctor? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What a deal, Ann. <laughs> oh, I know. Bargain. <laughs> so what'd the guy say today? Hold on. Let me start the meter. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's um, terrible. We, a, a bit on your own, I imagine. Like you know, or, or do you and your husband manage this together, or does, are you on your own a little bit? I mainly do it. He does it, but under instruction, and he certainly isn't as attentive as I am. <laughs> We're talking about him managing diabetes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Well, we've about, been married a long time too. Yeah, it's about how he handles everything, is it? Just not yeah, really, not paying close attention and needs direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, but I'm just trying to. I mean, I'm paint in my mind. I'm painting a picture. Of, like not for nothing. I'm not calling you old, but you're 47 ish years old when this is happening to you. You've already got. Oh, yeah. You already got one, two, three, four. I mean, a lot of kids. Um, yeah. You you live in a I, I I mean a jungle right don't you live in a jungle yeah that's right yeah, yeah right 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 and so there's a lot going I imagine your job is just like collecting coconuts or something or I don't know exactly <laughs> something like that you sell uh, boa constrictor skins or you know something. oh yeah yeah that's yeah. it <laughs> you, you probably own like an HR like outsourcing company or something like that <laughs> but well actually we own, we own an insurance underwriter. <laughs> company <laughs> but it's mostly snake attack insurance is that correct yeah, that's it yeah, that's yeah. It. okay <laughs> um and spiders spider insurance snake insurance stuff like that uh, yeah yeah but so i mean you're i mean i don't want to say you're later in your life but you certainly at this point i mean you got five kids that were chugging along you were kind of like wow this is easy right they come out one end we feed them they send them away. like it, this is how it works and now you have all this going on and you're kind of doing it on your own. I mean, on a personal side, and then on a yeah. on a on a medical side, you're really doing it on your own. And everybody you search out in real life doesn't help you. Absolutely. Why didn't yeah. you give up? Because of him, you know, I can't give up. Yeah. It's you know, he had. I had to find a way to give him a life because. You know, at that point, his childhood, well, you know, his childhood's been stolen. He, he, it's just gone. It's all about his health and his ill health and he doesn't feel good and, you know, we're up all night. He doesn't sleep very well. He, you know, I don't sleep. Yeah. It, it, did it feel hopeless at points? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Did you yeah. ever have any... Um, Anxiety or depression from it? Um, I'm not that kind of a person. I sort of just get on with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there certainly has been times where I, I just, you know, I think truly I think COVID probably saved us. Gave you and time. The to, lockdowns. Gave you time to think about it, kept them at home. And also, you know, the busyness of life. You can imagine, you know, we spend a lot of time on the road kids and kids were at three different schools and yeah it all went away it was all crazy and it all went away and they all were here and we all sort of 
came in and just supported each other and were around each other. And I think that stopping and breathing again probably was really good for us at the time. Right. Well, I mean, I would imagine when you, when most of your life is spent running from King Kong, something like diabetes probably doesn't seem that scary, really, you know, so. Well, in the beginning, that's how I sort of felt. Oh, he's got diabetes. Okay, no worries. That's fine. Right. You know, we'll just get on with it. And um, I certainly have, I look back and think, oh, my God, I can't believe how much I didn't know. And I, I would never have anticipated the journey that we've had. Well, you know where you're, where I think, when I hear stories like yours, like the first time I think you're, it's not lucky. It's, 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 um, it's, uh, cause it's not luck. It's kind of how people are built. Like some people hear doctors say, well, this is it. And they go, okay, well, this is it. And they just, they just agree and they move on. And, and you had enough something to, to push back even in, in your, just in your mind at first say, this isn't right. Like this can't possibly be right. Um, did you know any other type ones? I have I have known type ones, but I didn't know type ones. But they certainly came out of the woodwork. You know, I found people coming up and saying, "Oh, I'm a type one. Did you not know?" And like, or my sister's a type one, or yeah. that sort of thing around me. Right. But you know, it's it's like I've heard you say, being a type one who's in your fifties or forties or twenties, even is very different to now because mm. treatment's so different. Yeah. And CGM have changed the landscape and pumps and all that sort of stuff. How long has G6 is available in Australia now, right? Oh, oh just. Ju- just in the last just couple happened. of months. Yeah, just very yeah. recently. Um, yeah. Omnipod just got there, but it's still, it's not covered by your, your healthcare system. Is that right? Yeah, no, it's not covered at all. It's totally out of pocket. It's all out of pocket there still. Okay. Um, what kind of pump did you get for him? Xavier uses an Accutech Solo, which is a tubeless pump as well. Oh, that's the, I think I know this one. Hold on. I'm looking at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And it's got like a cartridge that snaps into it. Is that right? Or yeah, no? it has a what they call a pump base and you put um, the cartridge in with the insulin. So you just load it in whenever you need it. How long does um, the how long does the base stay on for? Um, three months. Wow, it doesn't get infected or anything. Oh no, no, it doesn't stay on the skin. So what happens is you have a um a they call it an assembly, but it's a um a base plate mm-hmm. which has got the cannula in it, and it sticks onto the skin. And then the pump clicks into that. So to have a shower, it just clicks out like it's a two-second click out and click in. So you just take it off and change whatever you need and put it on, How which often? works well. Oh, I'm sorry. No, that's all right. You were going to say it works well. Go ahead, finish your thought. Works well for Xavier because we don't get any more than 24 hours out of sight. Okay. So the infusion sec, you have to move pretty frequently. Yes. And because yeah, of that, twelve hours. Oh, and because it, and why do you have to move it so frequently? Because he has like a hyperimmune response, so he's got um, insulin absorption issues as well. Okay. And it, um, the sites break down pretty quickly. They go bad after a while. 
Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes in 12 hours. So you sort of notice on his, on his graph that the insulin is just not working the way you expect it anymore. And then you move the site. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Is that a, um, a diagnosed issue? Like, do they put a, a diagnosis to that? No, we're trying. That's, that's my current, um, mission. <laughs> it's what you need. Another mission. <laughs> yes. You're just trying to underwrite insurance, Anne. You're busy. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> Well, I, I've only just started working in the business. I've been a stay-at-home mum all this time, oh, okay. and it's only been the last few months. But I'm actually homeschooling day at the moment as well. So, <laughs> Well, tell me, would you mind telling me a tiny bit about what lockdown was like in Australia? Because from an outsider's perspective, it seemed very um, rigorous. Well... It was, but it really didn't affect our lives very much. We didn't have a lot of COVID for a start, mm. um, especially here in Queensland. And we, the kids stayed home from school. Everybody worked from home, but we worked from home anyway, so it didn't really affect our lives. The big thing was like extracurricular activities all got canned. And the hardest thing was um, finding supplies like grocery stores and stuff. We just didn't have the supplies, so you really had to be like for us, you know, you could buy one bottle of milk and one thing of meat and all that sort of stuff every trip. So I'd have to, and bread was, was um, you could only buy certain amounts of limited as well. So you could only buy certain amounts of lots of things and rice and pasta and all that sort of stuff. So I'd be going to the shops lots, but only one person could go to the shops. You had to designate a person to go out. Yeah, it was me. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> at my house, it was me. And the first yeah. time I did it, I thought they had a meeting and decided I was expendable. And that's why I'm the one being sent to the grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what they would have done if something had happened to me because I'm the one who does everything. Well, yeah. poor, poor thinking on your side. Mine too. But um, you know what I mean? Like at the very beginning of COVID, like it felt like you were getting sent out. Like it felt like you were Snoopy trying to like cross enemy lines and, you know, World War II. Like it was that World oh, War absolutely. I? Yeah. Um, like I, you went out and I'm like, well, this could be it. You know, I, I guess I'll go get pork chops and live through, see if I can live through it. Um, anyway, I've never. Exactly. Had, meanwhile, I've never had. I, I mean, I should knock on something, but I've, nobody here has ever had COVID. So, um, but OK, so so that whole lockdown gives you time. Your life slows down a little bit. You don't you're not moving around as much. You're able to spend more time paying attention to this new thing in your life and trying to figure it out. It ended up being a blessing, really having the time. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I could really build data. So at the end of it, I, I sort of went back to my doctor and went, right, I believe that he has delayed, um, in uh, delayed, my brain's gone, um, digestion, okay. delayed digestion. And so we need to go to a gastroenterologist. So off we went and... She, he had some exploratory surgery and some testing, some special testing done and got, got, got the diagnosis of gastroparesis. That quickly? Yeah, pretty quickly because I had the data to prove it. I could say like, because I work so hard on my CGM, I could go in and say, look, this is where he's been, this is where he's being fed. This is where he's been injected and this is what's happening. And 
So because I understood it, they didn't understand it, but I understood it enough to explain it and say this is the proof mm-hmm. that he definitely something got, got, got something going on. So you were giving him insulin, he was getting low, and then much later needing yeah. the insulin. Yeah. They give you any, you know, it's funny. I was going to ask if the doctor gave you an explanation, but after the last 45 minutes, I'm thinking, what the hell do I care what your doctor said? <laughs> well, he was, I've never had a kid with gastroparesis before. <laughs> yeah, I imagine that's the answer you get about everything. Like aspirin. I don't know where to buy those. Um, <laughs> good luck. I mean, because I mean, your son wasn't undiagnosed for a very long amount of time. Like how does... Like, how does something like that come on so quickly? I actually think he had it first. Really? So apparently you can just get it for no reason. They call it idiopathic gastroparesis um, because for, I reckon, 18 months before he was diagnosed and it could have been he could have had the beginnings of diabetes even then. It could have happened together. He started having all sorts of GI problems and, and you know, we went to the doctor and they went, oh, he's just constipated, give him stuff and, you know. Can you but describe he, those problems a little bit for me? Um, so he always felt sick. He'd say, I feel um, like I've got acid burning um, and, and definitely, you know, toileting issues. Uh, constipated, it's like constipated to diarrhea and back and forth again, stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but his teachers had also approached me and said, you know, he's, he's, we give instructions and he's just staring into space and he take, you know, you have to refocus him and whatever. And, you know, um, maybe he's got, maybe he's on the spectrum or something. I mean, he's not on the spectrum. I have a child on the spectrum. He's not on the spectrum. (laughs) Um, but looking back, I think probably he was having hypos and hypers, mm. hypers for a long time before we ever thought about diabetes. Okay. it's interesting. Um, idiopathic gastroparesis, huh? Upon the three main causes of gastroparesis, diabetic, post-surgical, and idiopathic, patients with idiopathic have a constellation of symptoms, including nausea, nausea, vomiting, early, hold on, early satiety. So he feels full quickly. Yeah, satiation, right? Postprandial fullness, and in some patients, upper abdominal pain. Interesting. How did they diagnose it? So you do a radio, you go in and you eat a radioactive meal, and then you have a series of scans over four or five hours, so every hour for four or five hours, and and they because digestion is supposed to be fairly predictable mm-hmm. and found that he has still had a significant amount of food in his stomach after all that time. And is there and a then, way that it's treated? Is it with diet or how do they help him or can they not? So they, at the moment, he has... A, he ha- he has a special laxative. He has something for acid, and he has a really low dose special antibiotic every day. Okay, what's the antibiotic do? Um, motilium is the one he takes. Hold on a second. Motilium. 
works by blocking the action of a chemical messenger in the brain, which causes the feeling of nausea and vomiting. Okay. So that helps with some of the side effects of the, of the gastroparesis. Yeah. 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 Are there any foods that he he, uh, tries to stay away from or does it not matter? Um, anything that's good for diabetes isn't good for gastroparesis. No, perfect. So like beef, no. Um, he, he's a very, very, very fussy eater. So he's very limited to what he will eat. Mm -hmm. So that sort of doesn't help either, but you know, nothing high fiber, nothing, um, really hard to digest, nothing, you know, they like easy, simple, quick digesting meals that have got not a lot of bulk in them is what I see. they prefer, which obviously is really hard because diabetes likes it the other way around. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. I'm sorry. It sucks to hear that. Um, how does he do with all of this? At the moment, not very well. Um, he, which is why he's, he's, we've taken a term off school to try and just give him a rest from all of the stress because school's really, really hard on him. He he has, on top of everything else, he has a lot of different reactions to things. So he doesn't have the general wake up and blood sugar rise. Adrenaline drops his blood sugar. Hmm. So as soon as he get, drives through the gates of school, his blood sugar goes through the floor. And we spend all day, he spends all day eating to the point where he goes, I don't want any more food. Okay. And then as, as it's getting close to time to come home, all of that food hits and he skyrockets. Blood sugar shoots up. So have you tried, have you tried eating some uncovered food prior to school? Well, that's the hard part because breakfast is of course horrible Mm-hmm. And you have to give him a good whack of insulin to cover his breakfast. Otherwise, he's sky high. And then if you don't, then he gets low. Yeah. There's, there's no no winning, really. No, there's not really any winning. So we really have to, you know, we really, I live by stay flexible. I The arrows are really, really important for me mm-hmm. if he wakes up. You know, he can wake up in range, but if his arrow's down, he will get his insulin over half an hour. But if his arrow's up, he will probably get it by injection. Put it all in. Huh. Wow. Seems like a lot. Are you okay? It is. Yeah, generally. Generally. <laughs> uh, you had five. And five, you were good. (laughs) (laughs) I know. And I was just getting to the point where I was like, hey, I'm going to get a life again. Yeah. Was it really worth the one last time you had sex? Because I'm assuming (laughs) that was the last time. And uh, (laughs) I would have given up after that. I would have been like, you know what? I can't believe we got pregnant again. It's over now. (laughs) We're not doing this anymore. (laughs) Oh, my God. He was my he was the sweetest little boy and he was really he's just I used to say when he was little that he made my soul sing mm-hmm. and he just he just was I was just everything he we were such you know because he he was the only one that I ever had on my own you know yeah just 
No, I, I do know that feeling, like because all the other ones were just a little older, right? And it was sort of like yeah. you got the focus. Well, yeah. and I'm sure yeah. he's still delightful, right? There's nothing. Oh, his his diabetes has definitely impacted his personality. Okay, and you know he is he is sweet when he's good, but <laughs> high or low, he's um he can be difficult. You just described Arden's mother. There you go. So. <laughs> <laughs> you sure he's not just married to me is that <laughs> i'm sure my husband would describe me as the same <laughs> yeah she's great when she's okay i mean i don't know what the hell happens the rest of the time uh, i'm sure that's how people describe me as well by the way uh but uh wow it's it's really a hell of a story Anne. it really is what made you want to come on um you just put a call out one day on facebook to say I've got some spots. Has anybody got a story? And I thought, oh, well, ours is a bit different. So it certainly is. Yours is the only one with giant spiders. So, <laughs> uh, actually, that's about to happen again on the pod. Um, I'm getting re- It's May now, and I'm getting ready to open up the 2023 calendar. Wow. So I, I'm, I'm booked like straight through 2022. I think I'm I think I'm booked into like February of 2023 because I had to open up the front end of the calendar to start. Like sometimes I hear from people, I'm like, I definitely want to interview you. Can you pick a spot at nine nine months in the future to like? You'd be surprised. <laughs> I always just and if I'm being honest, when I send people those emails, my expectation is that I'm going to get an email back that goes, "How about you go find." Off. But instead, <laughs> instead, I get back. Yeah, sure, great. I grabbed Feb- February twenty third. I'm really excited. I'm like, oh my god, thank. I'm so grateful for how like amenable people are when they're making the um, you know, when they're making their recording times. So it's really cool for you to do this. Thank you, especially with uh, with the time swing is just terrible. And I'm not wrong, right? We messed this up once, didn't we? Yeah, 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 right. And, and and we reorganized it a couple of times before that. Yeah, but I, I I was sitting here and I'm like, mm, she's not here. She thinks this is tomorrow, and uh, yeah. or something because the because the time zones are so far off. Like it's Friday for me, but it's Saturday for you. Is that right? Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that gets confusing. It, by the way, not the first time it's happened. Trying to record. Oh, <laughs> Trying to, re- really yeah, trying to record, you don't have to feel bad. Trying to record with Australia, it's gone wrong a couple of times. I actually have one coming up in a few months from China, and I, oh, keep, wow. and I keep thinking like, oh, I hope that doesn't get messed up, but it might, you know, because uh, <laughs> it's confusing. I will pay more attention in the future. I should have sent you an email a little sooner, and we could have talked, but um, oh, that's okay. Busy, busy. I was glad that you sent me one yesterday and said, right, this is the right time. Well, I figured let's not mess it up twice. <laughs> <laughs> Just letting you know tomorrow at 3.30 my time, uh, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, but, but no, seriously, it's really, it's lovely of you to do this. Uh, I'm sorry to hear that he's having such a tough time. And I mean, there's a couple of things going against him here for sure. And one of them is that he's not getting... I mean that his mom's having to figure this out through the internet is not is not it's not great news you, you know no. especially if if stuff like this should progress a little bit or even even just for your comfort like how do you even know when you're doing something like for the gastroparesis as an example like how do you even know you're doing the right thing because you're taking this advice from people who've let you down so many times already like, uh, I always take it with a you know um 
I'll try that and see how it goes mm-hmm. <laughs> approach. And, you know, because I feel empowered and I, I, you know, I know that I know more than they do. So I'm going to change things up. Right. Well, it's, apart it's, from them. Well, you're a tough lady and it's, it's, a very uh very laudable personal uh trait to to be able to you know push through when you're getting bad advice and come out the other side and figure something out for yourself it's a it's a really big deal it doesn't sound like you ever flinched like when you got bad advice it sounds like you just kept kept hammering away i'm thrilled that the podcast was helpful to you it really is oh it really has saved us really has it really it's it's wonderful to hear i it it, it certainly is i um especially because you're you're so far away you know, I yeah. know that sounds strange to people, but I'm old and I know the internet reaches the whole globe, but to me, it's even <laughs> crazier that you're in Australia, you know? So yeah, absolutely. Mm, for sure. Um, absolutely. I want to, I want to make sure we have, have we have left anything out or anything like that? I don't want to cut you short, but if I'm being honest, uh, my car was being worked on today and I have a limited amount of time to get to it or I won't be able to have it over the weekend. So I have to get to oh, it. No. <laughs> <laughs> <Exactly that. laughs> but I just want to, I don't want to rush you off. I still have time. I just want to make sure that we've not missed anything. Yeah. Um, something that we've been trying lately and it's only because He's having so much problems. Like we still, his variability is all over the place. We haven't got to the point where he is a state stable at all. You know, some days he's really low and some days he's high. I, once he goes high, I know how to get him down and he can have an extraordinary amount of insulin and like, you know, double, triple sometimes. And it just does nothing for hours and hours and hours and then, he could have a delayed reaction and it would be the next day that it all hits and we face all those lows. So we actually use glucagon instead of food a lot to get him up in micro doses. Yeah. Do little micro boluses of, of glucagon. You know what I was just wondering as you were talking, and this is just happenstance that I had to record twice today which I don't normally do, but the person I spoke to earlier was talking about a, a trial that her daughter's in for a Fresa for the inha- okay, yeah. inhalable insulin. And I'll tell you, she just talked so glowingly about how those sticky high blood sugars come down in 15 minutes with a Fresa for her daughter. Wow. It made me think of it, made me think of it as soon as you just said that. So is, yeah. that, is that available there? No. No. No, it's it's a very long process to get anything approved here. It's really very frustrating. And everybody in the medical world just seems to go, oh, you know, we're a couple of years behind everyone else. I think it's not good enough. You know, we get the latest phone as soon as it's released. Why can't we have medical technology <laughs> yeah, as it's released? Exactly. Once it's- yeah, I get an iPhone right away when it comes out. That's not helpful yeah. to anything. Um, exactly. That's it. I wonder if you could buy it cash. I mean, maybe you could, but I don't know how much it would be. We're, well, I'm going to be pushing them because we we have done this trial with glucagon, and I'm like, I've used in the last month 14 vials of of glucagon. Mm-hmm. So you know, lots of people say, you know, I've never used it in my life. I use it regularly. At night, I never give him food anymore because food's just not reliable, you know. It, I can't guarantee when it's going to hit. Yeah. And he, he could sit at 
low on his, like it shows as low on his CGM for an hour, two hours. And there's nothing you can do except this, but glucagon does work. Glucagon does work. It's yeah. not as quick as, as uh, you expect. It's not like a 15 minute and up you go. Sometimes it's half an hour. Sometimes it's three quarters of an hour. Um, before it hits, but it does, it is much better. And then I don't have to deal with the food hitting at some random time later on. Mm -hmm. Do you, um, do you ever get into a situation where nothing works and you feel like it's an emergent situation? Do you ever end up in a hospital for this? Luckily we haven't, but then I, I sort of see other people's posts online and, you know, hospital emergency departments don't really know about diabetes either. So going in, you know, they put them on a drip or they give them insulin and they think, well, you don't really know anyway. So I just keep them at home and just keep working it, you know, give him more in glucagon or give him more insulin, you know, make him take a hot shower. Has he ever, on it. has he ever um, had a seizure from it? From a low, prolonged? He hasn't. Okay. Um, but I think, I think, and that's part of the that's the problem that we're trying to get to at the moment is that I go a lot on how his how he's reacting to me. So if he's talking to me and he's functioning at a high level and he's able to do everything, I think, okay, well, that's hit in his brain. It just hasn't reached his extremities. So I think there's a circulatory issue as well. And it just takes time to get to the outer bits and he can only wear his devices on his arms and his legs because his torso just is too reactive. Mm. Yeah. Um, and even a finger stick, it it takes a long time to come up because we do do one every now and again. Right. And um, But if he's talking to me, obviously he's laying on the lounge and he's semi-conscious or whatever, I, I'm much more aggressive with things. Mm -hmm. And I have come close to calling the ambulance, but I have never actually got there. I don't know how you're living like this, Anne. You sound like you're either, I don't know, like you're not, a, you, either you're not human or you're, are you medicated, Anne? Are you, <laughs> how, are you, how are you staying even keeled during these things here? Something taking the edge off? You can tell, Scott. Is there... <laughs> we drink a lot. <laughs> hey, he's going to pass out. I'll have a beer while we're waiting. And yeah, uh, <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, it's a lot of pressure. But then you describe yourself as not a person who feels anxiety or depression. No, and I certainly, uh, there are times where I, you know, feel down the dumps about it and feel very low about things, mm -hmm. but I tend to pick myself up and just, you know, you just got to keep going. There's nothing you can do. And I think the busyness of our lives is that you don't have time to indulge in that. Yeah. That's an impressive. Yeah. It's an impressive trait. It really is. Um, to, to not give into it and, and to not be knocked over by it is, is really something. I mean, especially when, I mean, these are two things you're talking about that are not going to go away. Like they're not, exactly. they're not fixable. So, I mean, the, the gastroparesis is either going to stay the way it is or get worse. Yes. And, you know, the diabetes is, I mean, you know, I mean, we can all hope for a cure, but even if we get one, right. Australia, exactly. Australia won't get it for five years later anyway. <laughs> 
Exactly. That's right. You know, things come out. I think I find that really hard. You know, things come out and I'm I'm on top of what's what's happening in the world and and um I go, you know, when when's this coming out? When are we getting it? And you, you just go, oh, well, it's years down the track. I can't get that. Yeah. Every time something happens with any of the companies that I do business with. I get messages from people. Please tell them in Canada we're waiting. Please tell them in Australia. When are you coming to here? You know, like it's, and then you talk to them privately and they're like, we're trying. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it takes a lot of staff and a lot of money and like to get it all, you almost have to open new offices and, you know, it's, it's a big undertaking. I know it's crazy, and even with his pump, I I said every every time I renew it because you sort of renew it every twelve months, and I said, okay, tell me about you know, have you got plans for a CGM? Have you got you know, you know, I want I want an algorithm because I think that would really make my life sure and save his life easier. It has made me wonder while you're talking, especially because I just had a meeting today with Omnipod. Where uh, I, you know what? And I'm going to tell you something, and you just don't tell anybody else, okay? Okay. Okay, and it, and because this will come out so much later, it, it won't matter. But okay, um, I I suggested to Omnipod, and we're going to do a small series of instructional episodes about Omnipod Five. Awesome, right? And um, the reason it made me think of it is because this this algorithm of theirs is really a learning system. Like it it takes from what happens before and makes different adjustments. And I did wonder, I wonder if it couldn't figure out the slow way that your son's, I mean, like I'm just guessing here, but I wonder if it couldn't find a pattern in his digestion. Do you know what I mean? And like if that, yeah. because that, because if it could, and I have no idea if it could or not, but I'll tell you right now, I made a note for myself to ask somebody. Um, mm. I, um, it would just be such a blessing if, like, it could even just help you a little bit. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, when we did do the Night Scout, we learned a lot about the, you know, putting in the stuff, you know, that we had never, ever even thought about taking, doing a zero rate or doing a 200% rate or whatever. And that's all we use now. It's either zero or 200. And he's got crazy basal rates that go from like 0.1 to 3.8 during yeah. the day. And so Night Scout, we, Night Scout's sort of teaching you how to think like an algorithm, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So then I'm the I'm the I'm the one that's doing all the changes that it's sort of saying. We don't do it all the time, but we do do it occasionally. If I think, oh, I really am lost. I think we need to go back and have another look or whatever. But generally, we just you know stick with unless something's really coming up saying this is a pattern. Mm-hmm. Um, we we just have to stay flexible and deal with whatever's happening at the time. And if he's, you know, low, we turn his, his basal rate off. And if he's high, we turn it right up. But also he can only have, this is another crazy thing, he can only have two units straight up through his pump at a time. So if he's having a big bolus, he gets it by injection. Mm-hmm. I see. Wow. So. We need that. We need the pump definitely for basal because yeah, uh, an injectable one doesn't work. But he doesn't always get his boluses through for food through his pump. I see. But you absolutely have. You need the power of shutting off the basal and doubling it up. That, that absolutely. It's interesting. Like you took the more fringe aspects of how I talk about diabetes, and they're your main management ideas. 
Oh, absolutely. So cool. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's We'd be absolutely lost without them. <laughs> oh, I didn't mean to speak over that. If you were going to say something nice about the podcast, let me be quiet. Go ahead. No, no. <laughs> I was just teasing. Thank you. No, I mean, I just like you're talking about some of the bits that are a little more like, oh, once in a while, you might need to bump it this way or that way or shut your basil off or something like that. But it's a it's a big part of your day. Oh, it's yeah, absolutely. Crazy. Absolutely. Very crazy. Well, I'll tell you what, Ann, those birds did not stop the entire time. Uh, no, I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I at, at the beginning, I found a YouTube channel uh, that has like a video of them. And I thought, oh, it'll be fun. Like, I'll play play it again at the end, except nobody needs to hear what it sounds like because they were just going the whole way. Um, but I, no, I found it. I actually found it to be nice. I felt it felt like it felt different, which I enjoyed. Um, I, I do have to go though, but I want to thank you very much for doing this. Oh, thank you. It was, it was a pleasure to talk to you. Oh, you as well. A huge thank you to Anne for coming on the show and sharing her family story. And thanks to those birds. What were they called again? Cuckoo, cuckoo, I don't know. I'll make it the title. Cucarera. I don't know. Cuckoo, baby. Um, but there's a reference no one's going to get. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to check out the private Facebook group, Juice Box Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes. Find those series that you're looking for, Diabetes Pro Tip, and on and on. They're all there. They're in your app. If you're enjoying the podcast, please consider leaving a five-star rating and a thoughtful review wherever you listen. Thank you so much again for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juice Box Podcast. <laughs>